Did You Have To is a proud member of the Bawaii podcast community. Welcome back to Did You Have To, the podcast where two bad bitches talk about anime. And here are your hosts, Kate and Nisha. Yeah! Nisha's quirk, stress ball. By internalizing her stress about the world being in chaos and crime, she converts that stress into a superpower, becoming a badass. Kate's quirk, waifu warrior. By just watching her favorite shows, she can manifest real or fictional characters into the real thing. They come to life and fight by her side. Not every character does it, though. She has to find the individual really hot. Yeah! Hey everybody, welcome back to Did You Have To? And today we're talking about BNA, Brand New Animal. I'm Kate. And I'm Misha. And yeah, I'm excited because this is a great new anime and I actually think it's even better because it's an all-ages one. Yes. It is, actually, you're right. It is an all-ages one. I had to think about that when you yes. said it. I'm like, yes. Just because, we, just because you thirst after the wolfman doesn't mean that it's not all-ages, Misha. Don't put that on me. You also thirst after the wolfman. Yes. <laughs> and everybody else who joined us for that live watch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, no. It is, I would say, like, it has a great message for all ages. So everybody should watch it. But... Before we get into that, we got to get through today and weeb. Yes. So do you want to do the honors of our new announcement? Yes. So if you like the thirst and trash that we talk about here on Did You Have To? Well, you can subscribe to But Why Though, a geek community's Patreon at patreon.com slash but why though, B-W, oh wait, no. But why, though? I can't spell but why, though. B-U-T-W-H-Y-T-H-O. And you will get access starting August 1st at the $1 level to mine and Nisha's mini podcast, Manga Trash. Uh, just a little bit on what it's going to be is each episode, me and Nisha are going to pick one manga that is trashy, yep. probably smutty. Mm-hmm. And is something that we just don't have time to talk about on here, but we want to share our love of with the world so again it's only a dollar and it's at patreon.com slash but why though also as a little added bonus if you would like to watch me and nisha record these in a live stream if you subscribe to but why those ten dollar patreon tier you get access to that um a little bit of context me and nisha will be bulk recording so we'll be doing about four to five episodes for each one of these. So you'll get to spend all that lovely time with us. Gives you a little bit of extra comment content and it lets you interact with us too. So yeah, that's our like biggest announcement for DYHT. Yes. And come join us and be trashy. There's enough room in the manga trash bin for everyone. And it's fun down here. We get to talk about (laughs) smut and problematic and and problematic manga that we probably just keep hidden under our beds. Yes. <laughs> or on my Kindle as I turn away from Matt in shame. I use, inco- <laughs> I use incognito. <laughs> I use incognito, which I know is a scam, but I, I don't care. But it makes you feel better. It makes me feel better. My mother will never find it. So, <laughs> but no, uh, I'm excited. 
So yeah, you can get a little bit more of us in a nice little bite-sized piece. And you get to help out our amazing podcast network and community. It's something that we really rely on, you know, the kindness of others to help support us. And this is our little way of contributing to that content pool. So again, starting August 1st, you'll get access to those episodes. So make sure you tune in before. Yep. So with that, let's move on to the next few items of uh, today and we. So I'll go with the next one. Um, for you, those of you guys who have been listening, or if you're new listeners, we have talked about this one before, but there's no more details. So Yashihime is the sequel to Inuyasha that is coming out this fall, supposedly in Japan. So who knows when we're going to get it, but this media... <laughs> I say that because of COVID. The but. bitter, the bitterness in that <sighs> in that sentence is something so deep that only an anime fan can feel. I know, but like at least I kept up beat when I said it. We just know that it's coming this fall to Japan, so who knows when America gets it? But it's the same what? thing with the Given movie. It's gonna come <laughs> out, and I'm never gonna get to see it for at least a year. I'm still waiting for Lupin the third, the first. So, and I, the English cast just got announced almost a year after the Japanese movie premiered. Anime fans know how to wait. We know this. <laughs> this is no secret to us. But anyways, Yashihime is slated to come out this fall in Japan. And the show's Twitter account dropped the final art, or revealed the final art of the main protagonist. Yes, like, let me look up her name because I don't want to call her Yashihime, but the title is Yashihime colon Princess Half Demon. Um, the Inuyasha and Kagome's daughter name is Moroha. I probably butchered that. I apologize. But what's cool about it is I love her design so much. Like, she is very much, she looks like the spitting image of both Inuyasha and Kagome. There are like little things of both of them, but the synopsis sounds very interesting. So I'm very intrigued to see like where this goes. So I'll read you guys like the other, the synopsis that they also dropped is the daughters of Shishomaru and Yuasha set out on, set out on a journey transcending time in feudal Japan. Half demon twins, Tawa and Satsuna are separated from each other during a forest fire. While desperately searching for her younger sister, Tawa, wanders into a mysterious tunnel that sends her into present-day Japan, where she is found and raised by Kagome, Higurashi's brother, Sota, and his family. Um, Ten years later, the tunnel that connects the two eras has reopened, allowing Tawa to be reunited with Sasuna, who is now a demon slayer working with Kohaku. But to Tawa's shock, Sasuna appears to have lost all memories of her older sister, joined by Mohara, the daughter of Inuyasha and Kagome, the three young women travel between the two errors on a, an adventure to regain their missing past. It sounds so good. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm expecting so much like female friendship that it's going to be great. I am expecting a coming of age narrative. Yes. I'm expecting some good old fashioned fantasy fighting. I, I love I'm it. I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. And it's like, we get three like female protagonists going on a fantastical adventure together which you know I do expect for some romance to be thrown in but that's fine it don't gotta come right now we get to focus on these three little these three little cousins get to go on an adventure together although I swear to anime Jesus no 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 no. (laughs) I swear to anime Jesus that Rin better not be her mother oh (laughs) You you mean the twins mother 
Yes, the twins' mothers. Oh, I find it very odd that they still have not mentioned because it's going to be part of me knows that it's going to be Rin. And except the fate now, Kate. And there's like 13 year old Kate who is perfectly fine with those aged up romances, who is like, okay. And then there's like adult Kate who is like, that's grooming. And I don't like it. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm still gonna watch it without because regardless, because as we just plugged manga trash, I'm okay with ignoring problematic things in the anime that I watch if they're not too bad. At least it's not bunny drop. That's all I keep telling myself. But it even then, bunny drop. it could be bunny drop, and that's the only thing I keep telling myself. We just so gotta not see enraged. it. Like we gotta not see it. Like if it's just if it is just her mother is Ren, okay. But don't give me any flashbacks. I don't want to see. I no flashbacks. I know people keep like going back and rereading and like rewatching Final Act, and they're like, "Well, at sixteen, Ren was living with uh, what's her name, and then that's when he started courting her." But I'm just like, I get it. And, like, part of me just keeps thinking, like, you know, feudal Japan. Girls got married when they were, like, 12. But even then, I just can't do it because I always see Shomaru as a father figure to Rin first. So I do like at least that she's aged up. But it's still weird. Anyways, that's coming. It looks great. And I'm excited for female protagonist anime. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't want Maroku's children, well, Maroku's son specifically, to be... Like Moroku. Not like Moroku, but also I don't want him to be the love interest of any. I don't want there to be a love triangle or a quadrangle between the three girls. Oh, that's fair. I would be fine with him being a love interest of one of them, but I don't want it to be the competition for Moroku's son's like heart. Exactly. That's fair. I I can only think of him being the only boy at this point in the series but yay we get to get, see Songo's daughters be demon slayers maybe too so that's that what I'm would be dope I want to see it yes uh, and then to close out today and weave I'll let you take it away so actually I have two things Ooh. the first is finally fans of My Hero Academia Heroes Rising can finally pre-order the damn steelbook it's finally happening, guys. When it's, is it ha- when is it dropping though? When is it getting rolled out? October of 2020. <laughs> we still gotta wait, but I can at least put that pre-order in. I don't see a point in setting a pre-order for something that I know I can pre-order next month. Or no. a, a day or the it day. It hurts, before. right? It really does hurt. And I'm just like, I'm excited for that steel book. Now, if they say it's limited um like limited supply then I will probably hurry up and buy it but so I was going to just because I figured it might be because I don't own Mm. uh two heroes but I think I'm gonna go ahead and yoink a physical of that as well just in case that's a good Um, call I mean I have my physical one of two heroes and I just feel like I might as well start a collection now versus you know maybe we get 10 movie we get 10 movies in and then it's expensive to collect them this is fair because girl it's taken me a real long it's taken me a long and hard kate you shouldn't be spending money to keep myself from buying the tokyo ghoul box set which is 95 dollars, because the tokyo ghoul re-box set comes out in october as well and mm-hmm. is 140 something uh we should just make a ko-fi for our podcast if people want to contribute to our bad anime habits 
I'm really um, fine with that. If people would like to enable us with our anime figures and, like, you know. Like, it's not going to go to increase our show production. It's just going to go to make us happy because anime is an expensive hobby. <laughs> if it sparks joy, it is productive in our lives. So This is fair. You will get I, pictures of us with our statues. And we already review all the manga on uh, But Why Those website. So there you go. Be our platonic anime sugar daddy or sugar mama and bring us joy is all we're saying. <laughs> because <laughs> the patrons for like you know helping the community but this is us <laughs> but yeah uh, um the next thing is that since our last episode crunchyroll original god of high school premiered and yep. it's phenomenal i really love it i haven't read the web comic um from web or the webtoons comic mm-hmm. but I am in love with Dawi so much, as one would understand, because I love Sunders. So, yeah. like, he's right up my alley. Um, Mori is big Goku energy, and I don't know how I feel about it. I told you. I <laughs> literally told you this boy is the, the new coming of Goku with, like, yeah. I'm the best fighter in the world. No one can beat me. Yeah. Fight me. I want to fight that one. <laughs> Um, I love but it's really so really much. great I really love it and it's it's also really interesting well I do wonder how both Japanese and Korean fans feel about this because it is a mm. Korean show in Japanese mm-hmm. um, which is something that I, I mean I how can I say it it would make me feel weird as a Latina if it's like oh, this is all like Colombian content, but it's Mexicans doing it, or this is supposed mm-hmm. to be Mexican content, but Colombians are doing it. But it's it, it's not even less so, because like one day at a time is like that. Like they're supposed to be a Cuban family, but they're played by all Puerto Ricans. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least it's one language. So that's, right. that's at least something. Whereas this, you actually have in the show where everybody has Korean names and, and all that stuff. Um, but the show itself is in Japanese. So it's, it's, it's not a knock on it. It's just mm-hmm. more of like, I really wonder what that lens is for mm-hmm. Japanese or Korean viewers, especially because of a lot of the, uh, the historical issues between the two countries. Again, right. not my area, not my lane, but it is something I'm interested in knowing just because as we see Crunchyroll adapting more webtoons, we are going to see them. They're adapting manhwa, not manga so that's something to keep in mind which Um, I think is something like important to bring up because like I thought the same thing when I first heard the news about it being adapted it was like but it's a it's not that it couldn't be adapted into an anime because obviously there's Korean anime and there's and there's like Korean based content that is adapted into anime it just it goes not to get into this discussion because it's a discussion for another day when we talk about like what makes something an anime yeah we we don't have to go down that rabbit hole but it is something when you talk about like knowing the context of like you know both of those countries histories with one another but then also it's like there as you get deeper into it I'm sure there's things like culturally that are specific to Korea and like will the is the I mean I assume because the creator is involved those things are being taken into consideration and they have that weight but it's just something on a larger scale because I've re- I've read a lot of man- manhwa and I didn't realize it was manhwa until like you like until like you go and you read the source and then you find out like oh but this was like I thought this was a manga 
but there's a difference. Well, it's the same thing because, and and it's also hard to, when you look at the way content distribution is done in the U.S. because Mm -hmm. it is coming from a very few sources like Crunchyroll or in the case of Kingdom, uh, Kingdom of the Gods, which Mm -hmm. is a manhwa, which is what the K-drama is based on, which is on Netflix, is it comes out of biz media. So it automatically gets manga, gets labeled manga because it is a, it's coming from a manga publisher. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's really interesting. And it's something that I'm really excited to see how it develops, especially when you look in something like the Yaoi space as well, because so much Yaoi is coming from Korean web comics. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, this is probably a whole nother episode. Anyway, God of High School yeah. is great. It's fun. <laughs> um, I'm reviewing it over at But Why Though. Um, so if you want to catch my reviews, they go up right at as embargo breaks on them. So it's every Monday at 10 o'clock CT. That's when my review goes up on the site. So if you want to get a brief look at what the next episode is going to be, you can check that out when they go live and just watch along with us. We'll probably do a watch night um, over in the But Why Though Discord That'd with it, just like we did for Tower of God. And the last thing I want to say is the opening song slaps harder than any anime opening I have heard since Cannon Busters. <laughs> it slaps That's giving it a lot, but so you're not wrong. Hard. So hard, ma'am. Like it is big hype. Like I don't need any other songs. I have not run for a month, but I start running this week and I cannot rate wait to run to contradiction because that song <laughs> is phenomenal. So that's all you need to know if it's a good anime. <laughs> this <laughs> is <be> true. Real. <laughs> and I mean, like, because I hold Cannon Busters literally at God tier along with Fire Force's OP, but like, you're not wrong. It's up there. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's good. <sighs> but yeah, that I guess that brings a close to Today in Weeb. So without further ado, let's get into BNA. Yes. Um, I can go ahead and give the brief breakdown. BNA or uh, BNA colon brand new animal, also just known by BNA in the fandom, is a Netflix original anime that is released on Netflix internationally, um, but it also ran on um, Fuji TV in Japan. Uh, so it's one of those things, but the international rights belong to Netflix, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it comes from Studio Trigger which I automatically knew I was going to be in love with this animation. Um, I think like right now, Trigger and Mappa are probably my two like top people I want to watch stuff from. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so it is 12, it is 12 episodes long, standard anime episode length at about 23 to 26 minutes, depending on which one you're watching. And the premise is really simple, set in a world where humanoid animals known as beast men or beast kin, depending what you're reading, um, (laughs) inhabit the earth. The series centers on Michiru Kagamori, a young woman who one day suddenly turns into a tanuki beast man. Running away, she seeks refuge in Anima City, a city built for beastmen to be able to live peacefully as themselves, and ends up meeting a wolf beastman named Shiro Ogami. Together, they investigate, they investigate how and why Michiru became a beastman, and this gets them mixed up in even stranger events in the process, which includes a giant pharmaceutical company and an ancient living being, as Studio Trigger's content <laughs> usually does. 
it yep. starts on one storyline and evol- or evolves into this giant cosmic bean at the end. <laughs> yep. So good. Uh, yeah. So that's that's it. I mean, there are a few characters here. So there's Michiru, um, who I really, really love. I, uh, Trish, uh, listener and friend of the show, uh, brought up the fact that I should probably uh, cosplay Michiru. And you I, should. When cons return, I definitely will. Because um, I will probably cut my hair because at this point, it's pretty much almost to my butt and it's getting <laughs> annoying. Um, then Shiro is the hat. Hat, hat, hat. Hat, mm-hmm. hat, hat. Wolf beast man. <laughs> um, uh-uh. White-haired. Yes, the white wolf. Yes. I just have to say white-haired because I feel like when we find a decent white-haired anime character, we must stand them. Yes. Because they're not evil. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> so I will specifically say white-haired. I, <laughs> I feel those berserk, like, twitches coming in the back. <laughs> I just think that may- one day we are going to have a berserk episode and y'all will hear me screech how much I hate Griffith, but that's not today. <laughs> Let's continue. It's <laughs> not so just like hold my hold my little Shiba plushie for comfort. Oh my god! Um, and uh, blah, 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 blah. uh, next you have Nazuna Hiwatashi, who is another one of the really big players in the show. Specifically, Nazuna was Michiru's friend way back when. Um, but I don't know if we're in the spoilery part, she ends up just becoming uh, she ends up becoming a Kitsune Beastman, this in the same way that uh, Michiru became a Tanuki Beastman. Um, she ended up being taken by government agents to a research facility, and then she ended up becoming a whole leader of a cult, which was a really interesting thing. Um and those are pretty much the main three people, I think, mm-hmm. that probably have the largest pieces in the show as a whole, so far as, like, relationships and interactions. Um, which one of them was your favorite? Or, like, what characters were you really drawn to in the series? I liked definitely Ogami, Shiro, um, for obvious reasons. Love the voice. Love the character being very deadpan. Girl, that voice. <laughs> that voice. That voice with that collar. <laughs> that yeah. collar and that leather jacket. Oh, what did I say about daddies having white hair? <laughs> you was right. <laughs> you was right. I'll give you that. My girl was right. Um, but no, like, oh. I like his character. <laughs> what? His pleases my homegirl. <laughs> for y'all who don't know we'll probably drop it when we drop this episode tweet but like somewhat was it um oh i'm blanking on the name charlie charlie from the thank you charlie thank you charlie thank you for doing that photoshop because that is now our stamp of approval for our show of just me and Kate heads on that meme of this pleases me and my homegirl. <laughs> this is very accurate of how we feel when we share things together. Um, but yeah, back to Shira, like, no, loved his character, loved his story. Um, I will say not shocked by the reveal because it's no. kind of obvious once you know he's a wolf and you don't really see any other wolves at all throughout yeah. the, the series. Real- and the real difference is only that he glows when he's the white wolf. Right. Uh, or the like, silver wolf. 
Um, mm-hmm. He's gray otherwise, but the glowing makes him silver. So Yes. I was just like, okay, we see this coming. Like, it's not a shock. It's like, even by the third episode, they mentioned, oh, the great silver wolf. I'm like, so Shiro. Shiro's the great silver wolf. We get it. Okay. But I think... It, it's fine that that isn't like a huge mystery to us. I think it's just like something that's dope. And then when you learn about his past, I think that kind of like, I really, I'm really interested in his past. So I really do want like a second season to come out so we can get more Shiro and hit and like in his story specifically, but we'll see. Um, and then I, so not the, the other two, like I did like the main character. Like I really enjoyed her. I love that she plays basketball and that she actually knows how to play basketball um because as someone who loves sports anime and love and played basketball throughout college my biggest pet peeve when I watch sports on tv is when people don't know how to play the sport so (laughs) I appreciated that but my other favorite character is the mink which like (laughs) she's cool I like her I love her the scamtress I call her like (laughs) <laughs> everyone calls her like a weasel a ferret everything else she, she's always connect, correcting them and saying like i'm a mink but i love her hair her design she's just so dope like if you were to if you were to cosplay um tanuki girl i think i would want to cosplay <laughs> as the mink and just get like that would be amazing braids. i love her so much Oh, How many though, different color braids are you going to have, Nisha? I don't know. I need to find someone who can make braid wigs or something. I don't have... I was like, because you already want to do those, like, the, the really long green ones, which, oh, that was the Today and Weep that we forgot to do. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Jazzy um, at Jasmine Flower. Uh, we'll, we'll put it in, the, mm-hmm. in our show notes. You can see she made us amazing beyond belief art yep. for the show where it is me as bakugo my sweet baby boy and mm-hmm. nisha as deku her sweet baby boy yes and it's dope it's so great <laughs> she made my braids green and i just it filled my heart so well like again if y'all need commission work follow the link that we'll drop in the show notes go to her she does amazing work for people who are not familiar with her she did the beyonce and megan the stallion bakugo and shoto todoroki fan art we did it's not know so this good. it was just it was it was i girl i like lost my shit because she tweeted out the picture of uh yes. todoroki tina and uh bakugo um, there you go um <laughs> And she put our picture next to it and yes. called our picture a glow up. And I was like, what? We're a glow up. What? Oh. Notice me, sh- Megan. <laughs> please notice, notice me. me, Beyonce and Megan. I please. bought like $90 worth of your crunchy roll clothing. <laughs> like, notice me. I bought 144 <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. I know I had no chill. I was like, I need this one as a short sleeve and this one that as a sweatshirt. Was, that was that was me with the Godzilla one. So we good. Yeah, that's true. We switched places there, didn't we? But hey, y'all will see I us in our matching the, like twenty inch like Godzilla plush that they had. So I, I'm not even mad at that. I can't wait till September when all of our stuff gets here from pre-order. I know. I'm just like <laughs> Matt. Matt was like, "When's your stuff coming?" Oh, few months. It's fine. <laughs> It's fine. Y'all will see us in our matching Mothra and Megan the Stallion and Crunchyroll wears coming soon. Yes. And by soon, we mean a few months. 
Yes, just like fans. <laughs> we know what that means. Oh, but sorry, back to BNA. So I'm trying to think of any other characters. I kind of got annoyed with Nezuha, Nezuna. Yeah, Nezuna. Just a yeah. little bit. But like, I'm also can't be mad at somebody who has a plan. Um, a scammer to some extent. The girl knows what she wants to do. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, besides that. Oh, and the little bear thing. Was he a raccoon? I wasn't sure what he was. Oh, the little baby. The little. Yeah. He's like, I, I think he was. I think he was an actual tanuki. I, I think, think he was. He was an actual little tanuki. Because he has the eyes and everything and his he ears and stuff. Heart. He's so He's stupid. adorable. He's, He's so, so stupid. stupid. He's like, Look what I bought with all my, but the last of my money. <laughs> That's me going to Matt to show my, him my husband knows. <laughs> Look what I bought. It's useless. <laughs> I need um, to get, I need to take a screenshot of that piece. Yes, you of do. Look at that butt and it needs to be us. Like I need to put one of our pictures with one of our statues on it. Okay. Yeah. Coming up with all the memes today. We are. <laughs> But no, what about you? Who are your some of your favorites? Um, so obviously I love Shiro. Um, I love Shiro because he does have normal reasons, which also include a dark, tragic past. Yep. Because you know, I can't like anybody who hasn't been through some shit. Um, and I I mean like when it comes to the supporting cast, it's not necessarily that like none of them really stuck with me because they do. But mm-hmm. I was really bugged by Nazuna just because there is, I wanted Michiru and Nazuna to have a, and if y'all didn't get it and y'all haven't listened to us before, we spoil shit. It's what we mm-hmm. do. We're here to talk right. about the show. Um, Nazuna and Michiru, I wanted them to have this, this, this friendship because I, I do think that when it comes to showcasing female friendships in media, a lot of the times it is mm-hmm. always adversarial and that's what ends up happening here and it does get on my nerves i mean there's a reason to it so it wasn't like a giant knock but like right. i found it very hard to like nazna as a character because of it because she was annoying because she wasn't listening to michiru um, mm-hmm. because she was using michiru and right. that that made it hard for me to like her Mm-hmm. But I do think her, I like her in the aspect that her uh, her character design was gorgeous. She's probably one of the most beautiful characters design-wise in the show, in my opinion, specifically yeah. when she's in her Silver Wolf form. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what I think is really nice. But I also like that she kind of represents this, because uh, there are some like really high-level themes being done here. One of them yeah. is... Friendship is off. The coming of age friendship is one of them, but like uh, the dangers mm-hmm. of zealotry in religion and uh, in uh, othering or bigotry, ultimately, because it's it's not in it's not a furry show if there isn't talking about bigotry. Yeah, <laughs> Zootopia to stars <laughs> now here. I love how we both said Zootopia at the same time. But yes, no, exactly. Because the Jopia showed us all that, like, are we predators or are we prey? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, that still left me like, I don't know which one I am now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, just to touch on that, like, about their friendship, I think that's what kind of like bugged me so much about it, too. Um, seeing how Mitru literally saved Nazana 
from being killed by a truck and Mitru just like you know like when she's like talking to her she talks down to her and I'm just like you could have died like she saved you what is wrong with you you're so ungrateful like I was just I just I think in that moment I'm just like I hate you now because so yeah like the whole thing with their fresh friendship like why it bugs me so much is that like Mitru literally puts herself on the line for Nazuna and I don't know if it's because like it takes us time to get to the point where like their friendship where you see that it's not one-sided but it feels so one-sided for a majority of the of the first season and I think that's what bothers me is that like you said Nazuna uses Mitro to get closer to the mayor so that she can get closer to her goal of becoming an idol and then she points the finger at Mitro as like oh, look at you, you think you're so much better than everyone, or like, you have to be the hero, you have to save somebody. I'm like, yes, bitch, because she saved you from literally dying. Like, it's just a slap in, like, Mitri's face. So I wanted better for her out of a friend. But I think it's overall, I'd like when female friendships in media don't have to be so toxic. Like, we can just have a friendship and, you know, face obstacles together without somebody calling somebody mean names but yeah Yeah, that's that's really where I'm at like it's one of those things too is like where I don't like it when it is um like a love triangle because I hate love triangles but at least love triangles can be done well if they use it to grow the relationship and they end up leaving out of it and saying oh I found my friend is really the one I should have been with and screw this other person um like blue flag (laughs) um I didn't even mean it that way I just meant choosing your best friend but yes also blue flag um but it's one of those things where like at least that can be salvaged whereas for me Mm -hmm. showing women just being catty it I I don't like it showing girls being catty because they're they're girls or teens but yeah (laughs) yeah it's a thing and it's just it's tired but you know, we needed a conflict. But besides that, I guess like we could talk about Mitru and well, let's just talk about Mitru for a second. Cause I had feelings about her. And like, as we talked about how this show touches on prejudice and in a way race. So I say Mitru as an example, because she, when she, when she's first, like, you know, becomes beastman, beastman, she she doesn't want to be beastman, which obviously she was a human and she was turned to a beastman against her will. And it's like, she can't control it. So that's natural. But it's ways that she talks about the beastman that kind of, I picked up very easily of like, she like assuming that beastmen would want to be turned into humans. Um, and like being okay with that. Like, hey, that's not for you to decide. This can help heal them and fix them. I'm like, or the thing that's stressing microaggressions and making the beastmen panic, racism, should stop. And the things that are causing it, racist systematic things, shouldn't be in place and should be corrected. It's like the equivalent of when someone tells me, or like even you probably have, have dealt with microaggressions. So I'm like, why are you getting angry? Maybe if you just mm-hmm. didn't act this way, the police wouldn't try to wouldn't try to shoot you. Or maybe if you didn't behave this way to have a traffic stop, maybe they wouldn't have pulled you over. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> It's just well, like if you damn. had just kept your voice down, they wouldn't have reacted that way. Well, my voice wasn't loud. You just take everything I say as an attack. Yes, because my skin apparently is a threat to you. 
which yeah. is kind of hits on the nose. Like this, it, the show does it. We're like, they talk about like, why are you still transformed? That's like provoking someone. Like that's like making people feel like they, you're ready to fight them. And I'm yeah. just like, oh my God, this show is so good. Cause it's hitting on these little things like that. And I'm just like, I enjoyed it. But I will say Mitru grew to understand the plight of the beastman a little bit, but so, she's. Mm. So I'm not gonna lie. Michiru makes me think of like a whole bunch of like white passing Latinos that I know. Like the person who who doesn't who like theoretically understands what's happening mm-hmm. but doesn't actually understand the depth of it until they actually have to go through it themselves. And then yes. when they finally do go through it themselves, that's when they start changing, which one, I don't wish bad on everyone. Two, you shouldn't have to experience trauma to make you empathetic towards those who are experiencing it. Right. But to that point, I think it's a very realistic portrayal of somebody who has never been of a marginalized group all of a sudden realizing that they are a part of it. Um, And I think a lot of that is like my brother because my brother... My brother is white passing. He's like a six foot three white dude. Um, and the first time he ever experienced racism wasn't to him because obviously he's a six foot three white, white dude. It was when my mom, who is brown, you know, visibly brown, um, came to pick him up and a person in his friend group called her a wetback. And he didn't know that she was with my brother because his wow. entire friend group was white. And my brother beat the shit out of him. Like, I was Good proud for of your boy. brother. Good job. Good job, <laughs> um, Kate's brother. And it's it's one of those mm. things, though, that, like, my brother ne- – because my brother's also nine years younger than me, so he didn't really get to see a lot of the stuff that I went right. through because he was younger. Um, but he he got to escape a lot of that, and he finally started – realizing it when he had to experience it himself. And I think that that's very much the narrative that is going on with Michiru because I think it's also like two pronged because we have this piece where she's fine. She's, she's having to come to terms that the world she sees and her own views aren't good and are actually harmful Mm -hmm. to people that are around her. And then she's also having to come into this space where she can finally feel comfortable being a beastman and where yes. she can finally become comfortable in her own skin. And a lot of that, I also like, I also kind of see myself in because it took me a long time to be okay with being brown. Like, mm-hmm. I actually get excited when my summer brown comes in, right? <laughs> like, it, it right. but. It was a it was it was a very hard process because of how my culture devalues dark skin, brown skin, yep. black skin. Talked about a lot on this. Latinos are anti-black as fuck, and with that comes a whole slew of colorism that mm-hmm. impacts people with indigenous heritage like me. And so, like, it, it's a process coming to love the things about yourself that you're told that you're supposed to hate or mm-hmm. is hated in the society, which they really set up as Anima City is, is Anima City is the one place where beastmen are okay and safe, where mm-hmm. they can actually be themselves. And there's a lot of explanations for 
everybody or for, for the world that they're situated in actually like specifically perpetrating harm against the beastmen when they're outside of that world. Right. Um, and so that for me is something that I think is really, it's really well done to a point, but I do mm-hmm. think it takes a lot of personal connection to get to those notes. I don't think it's necessarily as outside of the one episode where they go to the human party. Yes. I don't think it's done that well outside of that. Yes. And I was actually about to bring that up because I think Mitru, Mitru going to a human party with Nina was that awakening for her of realizing how people see, of realizing how humans seeing Beastmen, how she's been conditioned. So kind of like to your point, Mitra has been conditioned to think that Beastmen are like, you know, this or that or whatever. And this is what she's preconceived them to be. But it's like, until she's actually experienced herself, that's, that's just like how she views it. But I think her going to that party with Nina, Nina, who is this, also a beastman she's like a seal um she goes to it and nina is i thought she was a seal because her nose dolphin her dad's a dolphin or uh orca i have no idea no her dad's like a i don't know she's a sea creature i'm pretty sure i have no idea what she is (laughs) i have no idea she's a dolphin (laughs) because she has fins seals don't have it it she's a dolphin Okay, dolphin. She's a dolphin. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not good with these animals on the show. It's she's a dolphin. She's, she's a, a dolphin. She's also a dolphin because they make, when they harass her, they put her into a tank of salt water. Oh, that's right. She, as a dolphin, can only survive in uh, in fresh water. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not fresh water. It's that uh, dolphins have to mm-hmm. breathe. They don't. Yes. They're, they they don't, don't live in the water. They have right. to come up for air and they put her in a tank. Yeah, which to my point, <laughs> adds to like, I'm just going to say it, those humans represented the white allies who think they're doing good, but they're actually doing harm because mm-hmm. not understanding that like, like to your point, she's a dolphin. She doesn't need to be submerged in water and like kept in a tank and trapped here. She literally will die as all of them were just watching her. Like she seemed like she was thirsty. So we put her in there. I'm like- you it was what? so fucked, but I remember, like, because the other thing is, too, is, like, when she gets introduced to them, they're yeah. like, look at this token beast, men. I can't feel all of your oppression that we must have put you through. Right. And it, the reason it works is because it's layered, because she's actually mm-hmm. extremely wealthy and in the mm-hmm. extreme, in, in, in the privileged class of beastmen. So she actually hasn't experienced any oppression. No. And on their end, they're like, oh, you're so oppressed and you're this and you're that and it made me think of the times where like black and brown folks only get called to do panels when they're like please tell us about your trauma and your pain and correct our ways yes um and i'm pretty sure like every black or brown person listening to this podcast has been that one friend who is like i am so sorry for the things that my people have put your people through can you please (laughs) tell me how i can fix this I love that you're doing the voice. They're doing the vocal fry. Like, if you could just let us know how we can fix racism. If you, Black women or Brown women, specifically give us the instructions on how to fix the racism that our ancestors caused, we will do it. No, you won't. (laughs) I understand your pain. I was told that red hair was ugly one time. No, okay. 
Anyway. <laughs> Not the Shea Moisture ad. <laughs> oh, this, this episode's got no sub. Gone through so many rabbit holes. So many rabbit holes, but this is so good. Um, but no, like, and I, I appreciated that episode because I think, one, it was really good for Michiru to go there and see that happening to an actual beastman. And I think that starts to open her eyes slowly. But like the whole yeah. season is Mitru definitely learning that like, hmm, Beastmen have gone through a lot of shit. And yeah. it's wrong for me to like keep saying like certain things about like fixing Beastmen or this or that without taking into consideration that like maybe the shit that happens to them is the reason why they yeah. react in such ways. Maybe. Yeah. And, so. even just, and even just understanding to a point too that like, what I really like about it is we have like a, lar- a larger conversation about race. And this is, this is obviously something this show doesn't necessarily do and is, is me reading right. into it. But it's also like this understanding that if you look at humans as whiteness, then it's like, okay, well, my proximity to whiteness is actually not going to solve anything because I will still, which again, makes me think of the white passing Latinos. I'm sorry, Maria and Pedro, but no matter how much <laughs> you pretend to be white, you're not gonna be okay. They may come for you last, but you are never going to be accepted. And I think that there's this understanding that even as they switch um, their bodies from human to beastmen, or even in her understanding that like, well, I was a human once before, that proximity mm-hmm. to being human versus the distance she tries to put between herself and being a beastman, understanding right. that one of them, that that the human part of her isn't at, it is doesn't outweigh the beastman part of her right. is something that I think is really good. And I think that it's also something I know we're using it as an explanation of race, especially because, you know, I mean, that's what we talk about on this podcast. Right. It's how we relate to it. But I also think that there's a really good narrative there for people, for other people who are either from different types of marginalized communities mm-hmm. um, or people with, um, with things about them that they just see as different. Um, it's definitely Michiru's story overall is about coming to accept who you are and learning that trying to push for quote unquote normal isn't, it isn't, it isn't going to work. And you're actually better if you embrace who you are and the people who love you than trying to keep Mm -hmm. chasing after the people who don't, which I think is just, it's really good. And the fact that this is pretty much an all ages show, it's a little violent, but I would say pretty much anybody could watch this. Um, I think that that is a really important thing. I think it's definitely a good thing that anyone can watch it because it makes it very accessible. Like, yes, violence, slight, slight bits of blood here and there. But overall, I think it's something that, you know, a sixth grader could watch and they could walk away learning from something from it. Um, But yeah, um, let's see. Oh, I guess we can just talk about, I'm trying to think, we talked about Mitro and like we kind of covered like the whole race and prejudice thing of it, of like the show touches on we don't know if this is getting a second season right we do not know there's been there's been no official word yes or no um sounds about right it's trigger so i think it can go either way but it i don't know about you i i feel like it's a fairly conclusive narrative i feel like it can it can get a second season and i would watch mm-hmm. it but i would also be it's not like canon busters or sesmanos where i'm like give me that second season right it's just kind of like 
oh, this was a good cap. Like this, this was a nice contained story and they didn't really build out for you to go anywhere else. Right. No, I was going to say the same thing. Like if there's no second season, I won't be heartbroken. I think I just want one for the sake of like, I like that Mitro, it ends with Mitro finding and feeling comfortable with herself. And like, you know, now she's going to go off on adventures and help Cheryl on cases. And I'm like, this is that nice. would be cool. Right? <laughs> I would enjoy this. I would watch a show about them stopping people from coming to Beastman Island and fucking shit up and being racist. Make that. But at the same time, I'm fine with it not getting a sexy. I just love trigger animation. Like, I really love them. I love Little Witch Academia. I, little, I will watch that any day. Um, and I just love, like, I just, this was such a good, like, close-knit anime that I, it makes me want more, but I will be fine if we don't get a second season. Um, Cause that's why I was going to ask, like if we had heard anything, I was like, Ooh, predictions, but we don't, we can't say yes or no, if there will be a second season. But on that note, I will just like agree with you that it's a good solid 12 episodes of like a good show. If you want to watch some anime and you just want to watch something with an ending and like me watching one piece for the next eternity in quarantine, um, go watch this. I feel like this gets our, this piece is my girl, homegirl, seal of approval. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. And I think too, like talking about trigger animation, this animation is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. This animation has this really stark contrast between the beautiful and adorable, the the adorable element of it, which are characters like that little Tanuki or even Michiru to a point too, and pieces of the world that you see. But then it also is really gorgeous and that you have these, uh, a lot of the character designs for the more elaborate animals, especially like the silver fox or Mm -hmm. um, Nezna as the silver fox. I think that like those are, gorgeous and beautiful and then you have these really dark creepy creature variations that they have as well that is really interesting really gritty and I think the there's a heavy reliance on like that cyberpunk pink purple blue combo or Mm. teal combo yes that I think is really beautiful and that's something that really it really shines what is happening in anima city a lot of the times Mm -hmm. it gets kind of like their nighttime colors um, and it, it's just like, I can't spot a flaw in the animation because it's so good. Um, and I just it's like, so I watching this, I got super excited for the cyberpunk anime that's coming out next year. Oh, that's right. They are making it, aren't they? Yes. Oh, that's right. I'm it's going to be so that. good. And I'm expecting more chokers and more white haired men. Please. The, please make good white haired anime men. at this point i have killua who is a sweet child and this man i'm sure there's other you have archer oh yeah that's right i do have archer yeah okay i have faith and the main guy from gintama and inuyasha and and sashomaru and like sashomaru i'm kidding i'm kidding I just like the message. I can only say this until the anime comes out so i'ma say it (laughs) Sorry, I just love, I just mess, I love trolling you with Shashomaru. <laughs> uh, but what are friends except for to troll you and your anime pics? Friends are just trolls that you talk to on a daily basis. I mean, yes, because I sent you. <laughs> Ma'am, we're not going to bring up Just Bunny on this podcast. <laughs> Which, if you saw my and Nisha's Twitter exchange... She messaged me that on Instagram 
I didn't respond to her. And then she messaged me in Discord. And I can tell you right now that if I didn't respond to her there, her ass was going to send me the same message on Twitter to make sure that I saw Dust Bunny. Ma'am, I was prepared to send it to your phone, like your actual <laughs> text message. I was like, okay, Instagram, no response, Discord. <laughs> I was traumatized, so she has to be traumatized with me because that's how best friends work when you share yes. it for the common interest. That's our friendship. It's great. Um, uh, sorry, we got off track again. But What is a friend <laughs> if you can't shit on them? <laughs> that's not a friend. <laughs> that's an acquaintance that's how you know <laughs> that's how you know i like you can i tell you that your opinion is trash yes we're friends can, can you I tell me my you for the day can i can you do that without me crying and getting hurt we're friends yep <laughs> that's all i needed a friendship cue <sighs> me talking about monster men <laughs> And getting the largest of sides, side eyes from Nisha. I I love you. That's what's important. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I accept you and your monster man. Um, But sorry, y'all. We've been all over and it's late. (laughs) This is, I'm trying to think if we're forgetting anything else to talk about the show. Um that we haven't touched on already because we touched on the characters, the plot, the themes. I mean, the other thing that I don't necessarily want to get into is I do think it's like the one thing we haven't spoiled that like people can go watch is just like the larger role that the the Sylvanas pharmaceutical company plays and like how this show is just saying that capitalism is bad. I was, you know what? I do kind of want people to just go into that but also, I do love the fact that the show touched on capitalism is bad and destroying yep. things. So, and racist. <laughs> but, oh, oh yeah. sorry. I will say this, because I feel like we have to talk about it, because we love Godzilla. The final fight with the villain and um, Shiro. I, I don't know, but you, I was very hyped that the villain had three heads and was gold. Yeah, I was like, Ghidorah! <laughs> Ghidorah, that you? I'm like, Ghidorah! It's good. Like, so I'm like, all I could say when we were doing the live watch is like, somebody watches Godzilla and they did this on purpose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. It's like me, it's like me reading Gantz and then like seeing like Danny Trejo pop up or like the person who looked, yeah, he's he's in volume 30. You gotta read like like 300 chapters to get there. But like, I'm I'm allowed one very dark and very long manga. And and that's berserk. And you don't know when the hell you're gonna get next chapter. I'd rather be there because I started reading Gantz again and I just put it down when I I saw the black man who's not a black man, it's a Japanese man who disguised himself as a black man. And I just threw it down. It's a very problematic series that began a very long time ago. And definitely perpetuated a lot of very bad tropes. Yep. At the same time, it's some of the best horror sci-fi that I've ever read. Oh, no, I love the horror sci-fi element of it. So I'm like, not, I'll pick it back up and skip over the Not the anti-blackness of it. No, that's, <laughs> I don't approve of that either. <laughs> I know. You wouldn't steer me wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I love that final fight scene. And I will say, like, I love all, I think I liked all, a lot of the action that yeah. was in this anime. The action Great was action. really, really good. That It was really well done. 
Um, and I really like, so like my biggest pet peeve, and I think it just comes from being like a, a Dragon Ball watcher and then even like a nerd to a point, but like whenever there is something, uh, well, I'll finish with point. Um, whenever you have characters that move really fast, it's mm-hmm. like line, you don't see anything, hit, punch, line, don't see anything, hit, punch. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's so frustrating. Yes. Uh, that doesn't happen in here. That doesn't happen in BNN, uh, BNA and it's really well done. And especially like the use of the environment is also really good. Um, yeah. which on that point, that's the best thing about the animation of God of high school as well, because you see every single hit get, get landed and it's, it, Love it's, it. it's so well done. So <sighs> it's like fire force when you hear that satisfying, like, boom, when yep. they like when they kick or hit or punch, and I'm just like, dang! I just love seeing that animated and those motions captured. So yeah, this one definitely does that really well, especially when it's just like it could be Mitru like dunking on a basketball. Yes, hoop. yeah. I thought I thought that was dope. So it's like it's other stuff, but I feel like we've said all that we can say about this anime. Like I don't know what else we can say to like convince y'all to go watch it, but go watch it. <laughs> just. It's really good. It's short and concise, but like I think it would also leaving you very satisfied in the end. Yep, one hundred percent. So yeah, it it definitely it pleases me and my homegirl. <laughs> that's the that's the seal. You don't even need ratings it. anymore. It just does it please we us? We don't. We've look at us now. We have we've transcended past a rating scale. <laughs> we have because we haven't used that rating scale forever since. We oh hell no! We have done it. <laughs> But it's fine. We'll do, we, we just need requests. So maybe that's something we should put out for people. Like, tell us what terrible, well, you know what? I'm already calling ourselves I out. still want to finish watching the Roroni Kenshin live actions. I'm just saying. Well, and there's we, also Inuyashiki that we could watch. I do want to watch Inuyashiki because I'm going to start watching the anime. So also we were supposed to have been watched Avatar The Last Airbender live action, like 400 so about that we got live actions that we're gonna have to review eventually but i say we do a roman kenshin at some time soon the sequel there's the the two sequels because it's it's three look at the universe (laughs) keeping us procrastinating from watching ghost in the shell and avatar i love it (laughs) (laughs) and with that (laughs) where can they find us kate you can find our podcast at DYHT underscore pod. Make sure you check the show notes for the at of the awesome artist who got us this amazing new artwork. And on top of that, remember, like we said at the end, during today and Weeb, come check out But Why Those Patreon, patreon.com slash But Why Though, where you can find our new mini podcast at the $1 level, Manga Trash, and come be trashy with us. There's a lot of room in the bin. Uh, and you can find me at Omemothrandier. And you can also find me at LA underscore NEY underscore SHA. And with that, if you were a beast man, what animal would you be? Did this anime make you a little bit of a furry too? <laughs> and will we find more decent white haired anime men? Find uh, out next I, time. <laughs> Go ahead. I got, I got one. Okay. How many chokers will be in Studio Trigger's cyberpunk anime? (laughs) Find out next time on Did You Have To. Bye. Did You Have To is co-produced by Kate Sanchez and Lanisha Campbell. Our intro is done by Dr. Emery Stephen Daniel. And our outro and intro music is by Benjamin Tassad, a.k.a. Ben Sound.